What's up, guys? It is Wednesday, March 11th. This week on the podcast, I have Serena Tabaki, CEO, and Dominic Perini, CTO of Makta. We get into a great conversation on this idea of the museum of the future, art, provenance, and a number of awesome topics. So I think you guys will enjoy this episode. Definitely check it out. If you'd like to make a contribution to the podcast, go into the description below and click on the link to make a contribution and help keep those ads away. And if you have not already, subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain, art, provenance, and Mokta. Enjoy. This is the Blockhash Podcast. All right, Serena, Dominic, how are you guys doing today? Hi, very well, thank you. And thank you for having us. Hi, very well, thanks. Yeah, glad to have you guys on. Um, so before we go ahead and jump in, can you tell me a little bit, uh, Serena and Dominic, about your backgrounds and how you guys got into blockchain so that the, the audience can be a little bit more familiar with who you guys are? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yes, I've um, started this project called Mokta, which is the Museum of Contemporary Digital Art, alongside Dominic and um, a bunch of other curators and tech experts. And that was around a year, year and a half ago. And um, we came together with this idea of forming a museum that could exist both online, but also offline within physical locations. And blockchain, of course, it is something that has been around for a few years time now. And it is an extremely useful tool when we talk about digital art and how this is, you know, can be supported um, on the art market. Um, and so we are building a collection um, of contemporary digital art um, and giving uh, promotion to artists and giving them a space and thinking about how do museums of the future will look like and how can these be um, more sustainable um, for the environment as well. And then we have Dom working on the technical side of things. Yeah, a little bit about me. Um, yeah, historically, I I used to work at Sony PlayStation, and I led the backend development for um, one of the major franchises there. Uh, it's called Little Big Planet. Uh, it's got uh, when, when I left, uh, it had uh, 16 million users registered, uh, 15 uh, million user-generated uh, missions, and it got BAFTA nominated. Uh, then uh, I stepped into blockchain and, mm, in 2017, and I led uh, the R&D uh, blockchain uh, for a global credit card payment provider. I led a team that was uh, performing some R&D and uh, production of an MVP. And we were targeting high uh, number of transactions per second. We reached uh, about 4,000 transactions per second. And um, uh, later on, uh, I, I got also involved into a uh, natural language processing uh, um, R&D project uh, in, for police investigation. I joined a consortium of organizations uh, that were partnering up with the uh, Scotland Armored Polytan Police and the Police of Madrid. And this was uh, aiming at uh, analyzing uh, uh, police statements uh, uh, witness statements uh, and finding elements of uh, 
corroboration or contradiction. And I'm currently working on a novel approach uh, for highly customizable smart contracts. And this is very how nice. we got in contact for Mokta because I was very interested in applying smart contract solutions for artists and collectors. And that's how we sort of started the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think uh, my goal is uh, at present uh, uh, to lower the entry barrier so that uh, um, smart contracts get uh, more traction because uh, what we see on the blockchain space at the moment is that uh, smart contracts predominantly follow a number of templates, uh, that, for example, the uh, ERC templates that uh, Ethereum has. Um, in terms of uh, uh, exploring uh, new functionalities, uh, I think uh, it, it is uh, vital uh, to uh, make it more accessible so that even people that don't have uh, necessarily programming skills uh, uh, can access it and, and define their rules. So this is um, at present my effort. Gotcha. Yeah, it sounds like you guys definitely have quite a technical background, especially Dom. And you mentioned the, this idea of the museum of the future. Is that like the mission for, for Mokta? Is that like the goal? Yes, it's one of our goals. And um, we're well aware that national museums have declared um, climate emergencies. So we are thinking about how does a museum will look like when most things will uh, shift online. Um, we're kind of facing a similar scenario these days because in the current climate with the virus spreading so fast, we are really looking at how do we exhibit art? How do we keep art still um, available and accessible for people? But we've been thinking about ways that these can be done online and also making it more sustainable for the environment. So definitely uh, one of the main goals for Mokta is to imagine the museum of the future and kind of shape that together alongside the artists and the audience. Anyway, I have to say that the motivations come from a broader uh, range of uh, uh, elements. Uh, uh, primarily, we see that uh, in uh, densely populated areas, such as uh, London, for instance, um, having a, a studio where you can develop uh, your physical uh, art and, uh, and store it uh, uh, comes uh, at a prohibitive cost. So many artists uh, um, tend to explore other options and most of these options are uh, tending towards digital because uh, it's uh, inherently uh, sustainable, cheap uh, to access. And, however, um, we also noticed that uh, uh, the preservation of uh, uh, digital content um, indefinitely, indefinite uh, uh, preservation and, uh, and also uh, strategies uh, for uh, providing sufficient replicas uh, are key factors, as well as all the tools that are involved that uh, allow um, collectors and artists to be confident uh, about uh, the control that they can have uh, on uh, trading uh, a work of art and also on collecting it. Right. And that makes a lot of sense. And there's definitely a lot of artists that need that as well um, in this growing uh, digital era that we're in. Um, so how does Mokta work? Like, how do you guys curate 
content from artists or how do artists uh, get involved with Mockwell? So we have, um, we have a number of curators that collaborate with Mockdown. And um, what we're currently exploring is the In The Studio series, which is where we um, approach artists and we ask them to explain to us and to the audience how they create digital art. Because we found that this is quite interesting also for the education around what the digital elements are, such as VR or AR for example. So we've been looking at artists that create um, digitally or that the digital element is part of the creative process. So that when an artwork is created, there's a digital element that is embedded into the work. Um, so this is kind of how we've been looking to present artists within Mokda. That said, we also had a great amount of people that have been contacting us, wanting to share their work with us. So we're trying to give space to as many as possible and to curate at the same time, building content that can be um, useful for understanding how the art is created and also what the story is um, from the artist and from the actual artwork. In terms of like online spaces, are you guys doing it like just all over the internet, like on top of the Ethereum blockchain? Or are you guys looking at integrations with virtual reality and augmented reality? Yeah, definitely. We are looking into options to um, uh, setting up exhibitions in a, in a virtual reality space and also augmented reality. We are very interested in augmented reality. And uh, uh, in terms of uh, how much we use Ethereum, um, definitely this is the state of the art. Um, uh, as much as I'm uh, keen to promote and, uh, and explore options on, uh, on more customizable smart contracts, which is what I'm doing as an R&D project, um, I think uh, Ethereum is still our, our, our primary uh, support uh, for delivering uh, smart contract and control on uh, on how uh, digital assets get traded on non fungible tokens, for instance. Um, another crucial element that we have identified is uh, uh, that we need to protect it, uh, protect the work of art uh, from uh, copyright infringements. So uh, there are a number of uh, uh, occasions in which uh, uh, a work of art gets copied because it's uh, so cheap to copy it. And uh, when it gets copied, perhaps it gets uh, altered uh, just slightly. And obviously that uh, leads to the computation of uh, a different hash. And uh, um, having that uh, as a mechanism for uh, identification and control uh, is not sufficient. So we will need to have something uh, more flexible in that sense. Uh, and we are exploring options uh, related to machine learning in order to uh, have that uh, extra degree, degree of uh, flexibility and have a um, percentage, uh, uh, a proportion of uh, possible uh, match uh, between uh, two works of two work of art. And, uh, and also, we are exploring uh, the possibility of uh, tracking uh, physical uh, limited editions, uh, which is part of our in the studio uh, effort. So some of 
some of our artists uh, are interested in, in releasing a physical manifestation of the digital work of art. Uh, and in fact, uh, I, I would like also to uh, remind uh, uh, what it means uh, to uh, create and, uh, and trade uh, a, a digital work of art. Because um, uh, one thing is to talk about the manifestation and one thing is to talk about uh, the internal representation. Typically, uh, we tend to mix the two um, aspects uh, when we discuss among uh, uh, players in the, in the industry. However, uh, I think uh, these are two very distinct uh, factors. And um, um, it's interesting to see, for example, when it comes to generative art, such as a generative adversarial network, uh, machine learning driven uh, generated art, uh, that there is a, a model behind it. And uh, coming from the model, there are a number of manifestations that typically get curated by the artist, as well as uh, uh, the data set that is used to train this model is also curated by the artist. So these are novel forms of uh, storing internal representations and, uh, and novel forms of experiencing manifestations. And, uh, and some of them you have mentioned, such as VR and AR, they are manifestations that we are uh, very much interested in. But also uh, physical, we, we just discussed uh, briefly uh, the option to have uh, limited print editions, but we are also uh, exploring the option of having 3D printed objects that can be tracked down reliably and uh, uh, with an uh, NFT, a non-fungible token. Right. In terms of like the, the 3D versions of it, is that something that would be incorporated into your guys' view of stuff in physical spaces? We are in conversation currently with a number of artists who are creating 3D models and these are then made into uh, sculptures, for example, or they are visible within a visual um, space. So we're talking about video art, for example. And yes, we are looking at building exhibitions available online and also offline. Um, so the artists that we're in contact with, we would like to present their works um, within the online space. But we're also thinking about doing exhibitions as pop-up exhibitions that make it more um, accessible um, and bring them around um, internationally. So we're not just going to look within London, but also uh, within the US and the rest of the world. Very nice. Yeah, it seems like that's, that would be a really nice diversity to have both those online spaces and physical spaces. Um, and I, I know provenance has definitely been a huge issue uh, with art and in the space as well. And a lot of people are trying to tackle it. With Mokta, do you guys have any provenance methods that you guys are implementing to help artists? Well, I think uh, the blockchain space has already provided the um, uh, satisfactory response in this sense uh, for both provenance and ownership. I think uh, this can be uh, relied on upon. Um, there are a number of other aspects that uh, still need further research, um, but I, I think the uh, 
it, apart from the performance issue that the uh, um, most prominent uh, blockchains out there uh, are still facing. For example, Ethereum is tipped uh, uh, to have a performance increase when uh, the Ethereum 2.0 will be rolled out. But uh, so far, it, it hasn't yet happened. Uh, and uh, there are definitely performance issues. But apart from those, uh, uh, the way to track down provenance and, uh, and ownership, uh, I think, is quite reliable. Yeah, I know you guys mentioned Ethereum quite a bit. Is, is that the platform that you guys are choosing to build on? Or are you guys considering um, other blockchains as well as they kind of start really developing and um, competing? We have a number of facilities uh, that uh, rely on smart contracts uh, uh, that uh, are bound to Ethereum. Um, a number of uh, um, uh, partners uh, are also um, uh, providing um, a blockchain uh, of their own. Uh, centrally driven, which is not uh, uh, so much uh, uh, DLT oriented, distributed ledger oriented. Uh, however, um, it typically is a port of Ethereum, uh, got a port of the uh, Ethereum VM for the execution of the smart contracts and, and also a port of, of the blockchain. Uh, this is uh, intended to uh, give different uh, sort of guarantees on uh, performance and, uh, and control on, on access. Um, because uh, in the art space, uh, there's also uh, this element that uh, uh, people, uh, participants and collectors uh, um, would want to have uh, um, access and at the same time anonymous uh, uh, presence. So uh, in, in some circumstances, uh, it, it is a fine tuning between these two elements uh, and, uh, and some of our partners uh, that we also rely upon for, for some um, customers um, tend to uh, come up with a solution that is uh, customized. Have you guys had any like events or showcasings? Um, do you mean like coming up events? Yes. Um, we are going to be, um, well, the, the sad thing is that a lot of things have been postponed um, given the current climate. However, we mm -hmm. will be, um, there's going to be an exhibition in Rome which should open on the 16th of May and that will be for a week long and we are uh, doing that alongside curator Eleonora Brizzi and she's going to be presenting um, um, an exhibition around contemporary and digital art and we'll definitely be part of that. Um, we'll then be in Caraf in June, uh, which is taking place in Paris this time. And I am just checking the dates, but that should take place um, from the 11th of June until the 14th of June. So anyone around Europe should definitely come around and see and come and see us there. Um, and Atenkaraf is an amazing um, uh, art fair dedicated to contemporary and digital art. Um, and then CoinFest, which was scheduled to be um, in April in Manchester, I think it's been postponed to September now. Um, and that will be in Manchester in the UK. And we are looking to be there. There's also a number of NFTs, um, meetups 
here in London that occur on a monthly basis. So I would advise everyone interested in the subject to look on the Twitter account um, and, um, and to keep up to date to the next dates. We'll definitely be joining up that. Yeah, absolutely. We just uh, established a partnership with uh, NFT London and we are jointly going to run events with them. Yeah. Are you guys doing anything in the US or is uh, this whole COVID-19 thing kind of like messed up plans and scheduling? We have plans to be there around May, but nothing has been confirmed yet um, simply because of the, of the situation. Um, we have um, a couple of conferences that have been under discussion these days um, in September. Um, so we can definitely let you know as soon as things get confirmed. But we should be there possibly in May and possibly in September. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd, I'd love to attend one. I, I know a lot of artists in the space. Um, I know they're doing a lot of great stuff. But like, have you guys had anyone notable on uh, Mokit, Mokta, <laughs> um, or any additions like in the past or lately that you guys have thought that really stand out or that have done really well? Yeah, I can tell you about a couple of artists, actually, and one of them is based in New York. So um, we've done uh, a few editions so far. Um, so we worked with the artist duo Akatao, which is formed by Sergio and Nadia. Um, they are Italian artists that combine physical and digital art. So they start from painting on canvas um, and then they develop the art um, on, on digital um, um, crypto art. And so the art then becomes available on platforms such as non-origin or super rare. Um, and then on that, they also apply some um, animations. And these animations can also be um, um, enjoyed within uh, AR, for example. So I think that journey is very interesting. And if you'd like to learn more about the story, we have an indie studio curated by Eleonora on our platform. We've done a limited edition series of um, a unique work that they've created specifically for the indie studio interview. Um, and it's called Art Never Dies. And the whole idea around this is that when physical art will perish, the digital essence of art will still remain very much alive. And so they've created this double um, um, doppelganger, uh, they called it, um, and they've created this um, AR animation, which um, is visible through an app on the limited edition. Um, and that journey is, is incredible. So they, they live in a very remote area in Italy um, and they live a very simple life, but they are known by the, the community and very much loved by everyone in the crypto art space. The other project we had um, was with Travis Leroy Southwark. And um, Travis is based in New York and um, he creates um, digital art and he's done a lot of work uh, previously as a photo retoucher. And what is interesting about Travis' work is that he takes um, what is normally left out from pictures or 
digital fragments and it then combines everything together and re reconstructs images um, where you can see different stories happening at the same time. So we have this beautiful edition as well, which is called Hothead, um, that he's made available for us and um, is our latest edition. And we've also had a collaboration with uh, Joanne Hasty, um, that Sandy in, in Vancouver in Canada went to visit in her studio. And she works through machine learning and she has robots that paint with her. And she makes amazing, um, you know, paintings both, um, you know, she creates the code in Python doing machine learning and then the paintings become alive um, and becomes mm -hmm. real paintings. So her story is very, her story is very fascinating as well. That we presented, uh, for example, at the at event uh, at Tate, uh, we, we presented Robbie Barrett, who, who is uh, an artist that uh, uh, works predominantly on the uh, generative uh, adversarial network, so generative art and also data, which is uh, a partner of ours in, uh, in, based in New York. And uh, what is interesting is that uh, um, they create a, a a possibility for a broader inclusion in, in the sense that uh, um, artists can uh, collaboratively uh, create art on, the, on this platform uh, from a variety of uh, locations all over the world. So uh, some artists uh, uh, joined physically uh, at Tate Late, the Tate Late event that we ran, and some were located remotely and uh, together um, this uh, uh, work of art uh, uh, was produced. And, and this is also quite fascinating and in the spirit that we want to bring about uh, uh, with Mokta. Uh, inclusion, um, which uh, is also a possibility that digital art uh, gives you. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to see what some of these artists are doing in the space and taking this digital aspect to it and creating truly, really unique art um, with all these moving pieces and meanings and whatnot. It's, it's really cool to see all that. Yeah, it's impressive how the internet can make distances, you know, not existing really. Um, it can bring people, so many people together um, on the same platforms. Like the experiment we did with data was, was magnificent because at the Tate back in November, we had this event with, with was a response to the Namjoon Paik um, exhibition. Um, at Tate Modern, and they've created a conversation with um, with uh, thirteen artists drawing live, all from different countries, um, and there was a whole conversation going on for over twenty four hours, and then the final piece got auctioned, um, and it was such a beautiful journey for the audience as well to get involved in the space, in a physical space, and. Uh, getting to draw with artists that were based in South America, for example, or, or in Africa, and finding, you know, them drawing at the same time in, a, in, a, in an online space, but everything was happening also in the real space, in a real event. So it's quite fascinating what is nowadays possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you guys have like a mobile application uh, for mock devs for people to um, interact with like on the go or is that something you guys are interested in? 
No, it's something that we have planned. Uh, obviously, we are still uh, at an early stage in our journey, but uh, we are definitely looking into it. And also an app that uh, uh, gives the possibility of uh, uh, um, operating an AR, for instance, or um, a VR experience, although uh, within portable devices uh, it's uh, relatively limited. Uh, it would be better to use a VR set for, for that uh, to give a full immersive experience. Yeah, so it's all uh, in the pipeline, um, but obviously it, it takes uh, uh, some effort and time, and there are challenges. Um, in fact, uh, I wanted to mention also uh, about some of the challenges that we face. Uh, um, apart from the technical ones, that uh, it's uh, it's important to uh, keep uh, uh, using cutting edge technology in order to. Um, explore a possibility of uh, experiencing art in novel forms. Uh, there's also the challenge on how digital art is perceived by the broader community. Uh, typically, um, you get uh, uh, collectors that are used to collect physical work of art that uh, uh, tend uh, not to appreciate uh, digital art in the same way. They don't uh, uh, see how much work uh, is going into it. And, and in fact, some of this uh, uh, digital work of art uh, is amazing in terms of uh, uh, how much effort has, it has been put into it and uh, how much research the artist uh, has undergone in order to come up with a, uh, with a work of art. So I think this is uh, also some of, the, some of our goals, some of the goals of our museum, in order to educate and uh, make people understand that uh, this is uh, a valuable work. And, uh, it's valuable for collection, it's valuable for trading, uh, it's valuable for storing wealth. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think uh, the journey is a at the start, because uh, the digital art market has not yet uh, got uh, a very broad traction, but uh, this is uh, also an opportunity for us. Yeah, absolutely. Like tech definitely presents so many different possibilities, especially especially with what you guys are doing. Um, and speaking of your guys's pipeline, before we um, kind of wrap up the podcast. What does what your guys' roadmap look like, or what are the things that you guys kind of plan to implement this year to grow Makta? So in terms of growing the museum aspects and the education side of things, um, we are definitely looking at setting up um, a full-scale exhibition, and we are committed to do so within 2020. Um, so we've been looking at how to, to do so. So we're looking at physical locations, but also how to find ways to make digital art enjoyable uh, online and accessible. Um, so that's what is in the pipeline. Then we've got a number of projects alongside, for example, Kadaf and other um, exhibitions um, where we will be co-curating projects um, alongside also some other art fairs. Um, but yes, getting out a great show would be the number one um, thing for us. And also there is uh, an interesting uh, project uh, that we are uh, exploring together with one of our partners, um, 
that um, is under test at the moment and uh, if it succeeds uh, uh, i think we are in the position of uh, releasing limited editions that can be tracked down with mobile devices uh, in identified uh, in in the sense that uh, um, even with equal prints in a in a range of uh, 10 or 20 we can identify a single one uh, and distinguish it from another uh, within the same uh, limited edition. Uh, however, this is uh, a technology that we are experimenting with. We are uh, running a workshop uh, in order to see if it scales, uh, if it works well, but uh, it's also something in the pipeline that is quite exciting. Yeah, there's quite a few R&D projects on the go. Um, so we are looking at definitely bringing more um, education promotion around what digital art is and how do artists create. Um, collaborate uh, is the number one as well. Well, let's say number two, I already said number one with the exhibition, yeah. um, but we're definitely open for collaborations. And so this is also our opportunity to say to artists and to communities out there to reach out if they would like to uh, collaborate with us because the intent of the museum is to build a community around digital art and to make it accessible to all. Um, so that's that's really what Mokda is all about. And from my end, if I may add, uh, obviously I'm interested in the uh, possibility of, uh, that uh, smart contracts uh, uh, could provide and add, uh, also in, in terms of uh, generative uh, art. So we came about generative art, the concept of generative art uh, uh, through machine learning predominantly, but obviously there is also a code-driven uh, generative art uh, where the manifestation is generated uh, with an algorithm. And uh, if uh, this can be exercised through smart contracts, that, uh, that is definitely uh, one of my primary goals. Very cool. Yeah, it's. I'm very excited to see um, how Mokta grows and everything you guys do uh, going forward into this year. Um, are you guys on social media or where can people learn more? Yes, absolutely. We are on, on the major social media, so you can find us on, on Twitter and on Instagram, um, as well as on our website, which is um, org or you can find us on social media as Mokda underscore. So you can read all the news there. I actually found a date for our next event in New York, which uh, will be a conference at the City Columbia University Business School. Um, and that is set to be on September 24th in New York. But we will definitely uh, put anything on social media that will occur before that date. Yeah, that's awesome. Let me know if uh, that goes through in, in New York in September. We'd love to go. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep you posted. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Serena, Dominic, thank you for coming on the podcast and taking the time to talk about Mokta and everything. I know scheduling has been a little difficult, um, but definitely appreciate your time. And I know a lot of people will as well. Thank you so much for having us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, Brendan, and I'm very glad that you're running this podcast. I think it's so important for people to to be more aware of the uh, current technologies and what people are uh, doing <laughs> in their time right. with these new texts. And um, yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you both on anytime.
Okay, thank you very much. And um, we're happy to, to receive um, all your um, feedback and insight from artists, collectors, and anyone out there interested in growing the community and support MOCDA with our objectives. Thank you all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know a lot of them too, so I'll definitely make sure that they hear the podcast too. Fantastic. Thanks. All right. Thank you guys.